want to say this. Thank you so much for worshiping through song. I don't know if you heard the just the intensity of our worship through those last few songs. It was just amazing to me. I mean, it just blessed me so much to be a part of my brothers and sisters in Christ, lifting up our voices and worshiping and giving our God praise. That's why we're here. It's not about us. It's about God. It's about Jesus. And I thank you for worshiping with me and for letting me be a part of that and to hear your voices cry out and sing just how beautiful it was to hear huh, you know, us singing how, how much he loves us. How much he loves us. And we're in this series um, in Ephesians, Who Do You Think You Are? And man, when you read this, this, this writing of Paul, it's, we're constantly bombarded with this. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He's blessed you. There's nothing you can do to earn that. There's nothing you can do to work for that. There's nothing you have to do but just receive the love that God has, that God wants to pour out on you. That's what is so amazing through this whole series. And today we're going to take, we're going to take a look at this and we're going to look at it through the lenses of being afflicted. And, you know, we just sang about that, being afflicted and, 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 and how what God does in and through us when we're afflicted with things, whether it be a family member, whether it be us experiencing cancer or a loved one experiencing sickness or we're a victim or, or, or something of that nature, it's, it's when we go through these, these afflictions that our faith becomes, can become extremely real. And so this morning, as we look at this, Paul writes, if you would turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 13, I want to I want to look at this with you and and just if you didn't grab if you didn't bring your Bible, please grab the one out of the back of the pew in front of you and and just uh, <clears throat> really lean into to uh, the writings of Paul here and what he has to say. We've got a special treat for you today as uh, we have um, someone that attends our uh, a sister in Christ that attends our Adrian campus. She has uh, graciously come and, and is going to be sharing a, a snippet of her story with us and how how it brings us hope and and just bring this well it will touch your soul and i'm very excited to um, have her to come up here in a few moments and share that with us but as we look at the passage of scripture found in ephesians chapter 3 starting in verse 1 he says for this reason i paul the prisoner of christ jesus for the sake of you gentiles surely you have heard about the administration of god's grace that was given to me for you that is the mystery made known to me by revelation as i have already written briefly in reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery, the, the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. Let, take a break here for just a second. I just want to say this. Every time that we end the service, and I ask you guys, and I've said this before, but I try to give you guys that space and lead you into that moment of of of, of being in a contrite humble uh um spot situation before god as his spirit communes with us we read jesus taught us this when he was on earth too through the gospels but that's how god the father reveals to us these truths through his spirit paul's saying the spirit has revealed to me truths that i'm sharing with you and it's so critical for us to live in a humble, a humble state, a contrite state before God's Spirit where we don't quench His Spirit. It's His ministry of the Holy Spirit where His Spirit 
um, reveals to us these truths. And Paul is writing and he's saying, this is a, these are truths that, that His Spirit has revealed to me and now I'm sharing with you. The mystery of Christ, the, this mystery that's been hidden for generation after generation, you are now the first to hear this. And he goes on to talk about this and he says in verse 6, this mystery is that, is that through the gospel that the, the, through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Remember we talked about that last week, the separation, the hostile separation between Jews and Gentiles. And he's saying that's no longer. And he says members together of one body now and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of His power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, that's us, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to His eternal purpose that He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12, In Him... And through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. One of the things that's really one of the things that's really special is a, a weird word to use about the Bible. One of the things that's really special about the Bible is it doesn't just deal with suffering and afflictioning in one area, meaning in one area of the Bible, but throughout the, throughout the, the writings of the Bible, we're, we're constantly reminded of, 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 of the sufferings and afflictions and things like that and how to deal with them. And, and in this situation, we read about Paul and we read that he's going through some sufferings. In fact, in the very first verse, it says, um, well, first, he identifies himself as the prisoner of Christ Jesus. And because of being a prisoner of Christ Jesus, meaning that he was the prisoner of, of, of communicating the gospel um, and, and this mystery, because of that, it led him into prison, which uh, in the last verse, he wraps up by saying, don't be discouraged of my, because of my sufferings. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ, and I'm suffering. And so as he writes this, we, we kind of we tune into this whole concept of afflictions and suffering. And when we first read about this guy, this is very interesting, when we first read about Paul, his name's not Paul, it's what? Saul. And we pick up this story of him in Acts 7 where he's going around persecuting Christians. He's going around killing Christians. And he was on his way to collect some... To, to, um, get some Christians to put them to death. In fact, we read in Acts 7 where he was, when we see him, he's actually standing and he's stoning Stephen. And he's leading this charge to kill Stephen, who Stephen was, uh, was one of the church deacons, the early church deacons of that time. And so Paul, what, what Paul used to do, he used to be the afflictor, right? He used to create the affliction for other people, the physical affliction for other people just for believing in Jesus Christ. And now we find him not named Saul, but Paul. Now he's receiving afflictions. But as he's looking at these afflictions, he's looking at them through a different perspective, which is quite interesting. That's what we want to talk about here today with you for a few moments. This whole concept of afflictions. In fact, in the Bible we read about laments uh, from, from men and women throughout the, throughout the entire Bible. 
in one book, it's actually called Lamentations, who was written by Jeremiah, which is just that, him lamenting over, over uh, you know, his, his life and his spiritual things and things like that. When we take a look at the Psalms, there's 150 Psalms. One-third of them, 50 of them, are nothing but lamentations. People crying out to God. People crying out for their, for their well-being. People crying out for their security. People crying out for, um, their, you know, for, for God, you know, for suffering, hurting, whatever it may be. But they're crying out to God. They're lamenting. And so the Bible is very honest and, and deals with this whole concept of suffering and affliction and things like that. The question becomes... How do we deal with affliction? Now, I know some people in here this morning are dealing with some pretty serious afflictions. Uh, physical afflictions, such as breast cancer and things like that. Some of your family members are dealing with cancer. Um, and, and, and no way is this one of these, one of these me- this message is about, hey, you got an affliction, get over it. That's not what it's about whatsoever. It's taking a look at the affliction and saying, looking at it through the lenses of Paul, where Paul's saying, because of this, don't be discouraged because of my sufferings. And Paul's like giving a bigger picture to afflictions, his sufferings and afflictions. So I just want to share that thought with you today for a few moments. Uh, but let me share this with you too. There's, there is a myriad of different types of afflictions when you read through the Bible. Um, I'm just going to name them off kind of quick, not spend a lot of time talking about them. Um, there, there's, there's the, the first one is the Adamic affliction, meaning Adam, where Adam and Eve sin, so the rest of the world is, is born into this curse. We're born into a world that is broken. We're born into a world that is just upside down, inside out, uh, messed up. And so we deal with that type of affliction. There's the punishment affliction, and this isn't the ones for Christians, but it's for individuals that go outside of, uh, that's, that's against God, and sometimes God will just afflict them. There's uh, consequential affliction. That's when we go outside the boundaries of God as Christ followers, as believers, and, and let's say we go, we go outside of, the, of His will and we do something that we know that we shouldn't do. Um, and it, For instance, let's say we go and we tie one on one night and get really drunk and we go drive our car and we kill somebody. And we experience that type of... That's a consequential affliction. You kind of put yourself in that particular situation. Uh, there's the demonic affliction, which some of us... Um, there's some of you that may have experienced this before and, 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 and know, uh, are more tuned into it. But it's when uh, we, I mean, Paul writes later on in this book of Ephesians, he's like, there is a heavenly war taking place. And this is, what, this is how you need to defend yourself. And he, ta- he speaks to this, this, spiritual, this spiritual world and how it's going at it. And he talks, about the de- he talks a little bit about demons and things like that. But it is real. It's the world we live in. It's the world that we don't really see. But we, we can experience from time to time where Satan wants to destroy you and I. He wants to try to destroy us in any way he can. And sometimes we experience that through demonic activity. Sometimes we open up doors for that demonic activity to come into. But there is that type of affliction as well. There is a victim affliction, which means you didn't really choose for something to happen to you, but because someone in their free will chose to do this, you experience the implications of that and you're a victim. There's the collective affliction, whereas if you're part of a a group of individuals that's being persecuted, um, you know, the first one I could think of would be like the Jews during the Holocaust. If you were a Jew, you were afflicted, and you were part of the people group, so you were automatically part of it and afflicted. There's a dis- disciplinary affliction, which means as a, as a Christ follower, for a believer, God allows some affliction not to really punish you, but to mature you and to, and to divert you uh, from where you're going. Uh, there's the vicarious affliction, which means there's just people that hate us because we love Jesus. 
There's the empathetic affliction, which means when we have a loved one, we're walking with a loved one or a friend or uh, someone that we, an acquaintance or something like that, and we walk with them and we begin to hurt too because of their affliction. We carry part of their burdens with them. There's the testimonial affliction. That's where you're being afflicted, but it's primarily as an opportunity to show people who Jesus is. Uh, just a couple more here. Providential affliction, um, uh, preventive affliction. I'm just going to share these real quick because we don't have time to spend uh, really unpacking them. Uh, mysterious affliction, which is when there's times when we're afflicted and we don't know why. It's just we don't know why. And then there's the, the, the last one, like a pop up, uh, an apocalyptic affliction. That's where as the, as the world continues to get closer to the end, the... the, the <laughs> Satan, just the, the, the bowels of hell just keeps coming out and coming out. Um, one, of the, one of the ways that this really kind of, I think you kind of can experience this or how it hit close to home for us, and this doesn't do real well for our mission trips, but Honduras is considered one of the world's most violent countries right now. And we go there and do a mission trip, but uh, we, so we go to the country. The place we fly into, San Pedro Sula, is the most violent city in the world. And so as we go there, and it hit home to us a couple years ago where uh, one of the locals that we work with, his uh, nephew, I believe, was killed. And it was by gang. The violence is taking place there. And as it really disturbed us. I mean, we gathered around, we prayed, and, and we you know, really trust God that he's going to protect us. But as we're there, that hit close. And so as we began to talk about it, I was talking to another Honduran there, and I said, Wow, man, you guys live in this environment on a daily basis. Doesn't it like really unnerve you? Does it, you know, like really scare you? And and what he said, I was completely unexpected of, of what he was about what he said. And he said, you know, he said it says in the Bible, the closer we get to the end, when Jesus is going to return, it's going to get worse. And I'm thinking, holy cow, this guy's got a better biblical worldview than I've got, because I'm. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm from America, man. We, you know, we're, we have these, enti- you know, I have this entitlement. I, I take for granted security. I take for granted that I can go out of my house at nighttime and, and, and do what, you know, do whatever, and I'm not afraid, or go drive wherever, and I'm not afraid of being killed by a gang member or something like that. You know, there's obviously different places in the country, but it, it goes back to this: that apocalyptic affliction. The closer we get to the end times, the more Satan is going to hurl his darts. So here's the question. Here's the thing I want you to think about today: is this. When it comes to this type of suffering and affliction, whether it happened to you or a loved one or, or, or something like that, stop and think. Stop and pray and think and ask yourself, what kind of an affliction am I experiencing and enduring? Because when you can stop and kind of take a look at it, it helps you to kind of navigate and pray about it. It also can bring comfort to someone that you, they're walking through affliction. And you can look at them and you can say, hey, you do know you're experiencing demonic affliction here. And we're going to pray about this, and we're going to close doors, and we're going to, in the name of Jesus, we're going to bind Satan. You see what I'm saying? Where you're not just coming out of the cold blue and just trying to comfort somebody, but you're actually coming in and you're saying, it appears to be this. Let's pray about it this way specifically. Think about Job. Do you remember his friends? Job was experiencing, in the Bible, Job was experiencing demonic activity, right? Affliction. And what did his, friend, his good friends, what did they say? Well, you did something wrong, Job. You need to repent. And that wasn't the case whatsoever. Don't you, wouldn't that be real encouraging for you? Where you were, I mean, you were living your life, you know, just you know, in harmony with God, and you experienced some affliction. Someone comes along and says, well, your faith's not good enough. Or you did something. You need to repent. That's not the case at all. And that sometimes does not create comfort whatsoever. It doesn't help someone have a little bit of clarity. It actually compounds it. So do you see how it can work? And, and that's what I want us to kind of think about today a little bit when it comes to affliction and how because we're created in Christ 
and blessed by Christ that we can deal with these afflictions and help others. So the question is not focusing so much on the why, which it's so easy for us to do. Why is this happening? Why, why, why? And focus on the who. Who is Jesus and who are we in Christ? And what does that mean? What, how does my identity help me through this? You know, establishing my identity through this, even though I'm having this affliction. Who is Jesus and who are we? So the first one I want to share with you is this. There are just a couple of thoughts here. We can, be, uh, we can be afflicted for others' good. Okay? There might, and I know that sounds kind of crazy, but there are times where we can experience affliction for the good of someone else. It's, it's where we, we may experience something, but as we work through it, we begin, to, we begin to share that with other individuals, and we begin to share how God has gotten us through us, and we begin to share how our perspective has changed, and we begin to lean hard on Jesus. And as we do that, we're able to share with other individuals, and it speaks into the lives of other individuals. That's what Paul's doing here. Paul's looking into this, and he's saying, hey, don't be discouraged because of my sufferings. But, but look at it from this perspective. I'm able to preach Christ even more so while I'm in jail. I mean, talk about a perspective shift. I rem- remember the time where he was in a jail in Philippi with a couple of his friends, and he's sitting there, and what do they do? Instead of sitting around sulking, they begin to sing praises to God. Then what happened? What, remember that whole story where there was an earthquake or something, and, and the, um, the jail cell, the door uh, comes open the the the, per, the jail master who was over top of them was petrified because he was going to lose his life over it but instead of that they end up leading him to jesus and the next thing you know they're at his house having dinner with his family talk about a turn of events but it's 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 so it's it's when we can look at it and say you know what maybe my affliction can be used for the sake of somebody else it helps us not uh, please please i'm not minimizing Afflictions. I don't want this to sound like that whatsoever. But it's so easy for us as humans to take it and look inward and say, you know, really focus on ourselves. And, and, and again, I know how ideal this sounds. I, I mean, I hear myself as I'm speaking. But when we can get to that point where we can say, this is about Jesus, and we can turn that over to Him, that's when we find freedom. And that's when we find hope from certain things that we experience. And we're going to hear that here in a few moments. The second thing I want to share with you is, um, uh, the, the next thing I want to share with you is we can be afflicted for our growth. Can be afflicted for your growth. Let's be honest, guys. A lot of times when we grow is when we're going through something pretty negative. It's, I, I don't know why, it's, Peter talks about this in his book. It's like we have to reach the end of our rope and to where we just experience the worst case scenario before we say, okay, I, I, I got I to gotta let go here. And I don't know why it's that, that, like that for some of us, but it's like we have something catastrophic almost has to happen to us or we're afflicted or something has to happen where if we finally say, God, I can't do this alone. I can't do this. And it's at that point where we turn control over to Jesus. And so what can happen, I'm not suggesting that God creates this stuff and, and I'm not trying to paint a, a, a picture of God like that. I'm simply saying that when we experience some type of affliction, it can be used for, you know, for the growth of others and for the growth of ourselves. Where we look at it and God, you know, there's times where God uses those times to prune back the deadness within our lives. Where we finally are able to turn our full, full control of our lives 
over to Jesus. And so, um, and then the last one is this: afflicted for God's glory. And and essentially, it it really it really sums all this up because if we can again. If we can somehow get to the point where we look at our afflictions and say, this could be used for a bigger picture here. It has purpose then. It, but this could be used for a bigger picture for someone else. It could be used for a bigger picture for myself. But ultimately, all of it can bring God glory. And that's, what it's, that's really what it's all about. It's, it's taking that attention off of ourselves and focusing on something else. One person wrote this, and I thought it was very interesting, a very interesting point they said. The question, they asked the question, do you know the number one category of prescription medications in the U.S.? What do you think it is? Antidepressants. We don't like to be unhappy, do we? Now, take it for what that's worth. I'm not, I get that. Some, it's, it's very easy for individuals to have chemical imbalances and things like that. I'm not minimizing that whatsoever. But a lot of times, if we're unhappy, we like, we wanna, we'll, we'll self-medicate with food. We all have like our self-medicating things at times where we go off and we self-medicate either food, drugs, alcohol, gambling, work, religious activities, things like that that keeps us from really taking a look deep inside to say, something's off. But when we can take a look deep inside and kind of shift that perspective and say, you know what, My, this is for God. And so we give this to God and allow God to grow us. It brings Him glory. Now, one of the things that we do here at Element that's part of our core values, if you've sat through e-groups, we've talked about this, it's part of our core values. One of them is stories. And we truly believe that if we are honest and we go through in our life journey, our spiritual journeys, I should say, in our spiritual journeys, and there's times where we experience things, um, if we, we believe that if people will be vulnerable and open up and share those things, when they find freedom and the chains are dropped and the, and the cells of the doors, you know, the jail cell door is busted down, uh, we believe that as we share those stories, it brings hope to people. And this morning, I want to bring, I want to introduce to you my friend Victoria, not just my friend, but my sister in Christ. Come on up here, Victoria, if you would. Let's give her just a warm welcome, if we could. Good to see, good to see you again. Got to see her in the first service. Victoria attends our Adrian campus, and. Um, I've got to be careful what I say because I think the last time I kind of shared a little bit of your story, but uh, Victoria um, um, is going to share her story, a, a snippet of her story, and it's, to me it's just such an incredible blessing. Uh, again, you've heard other people's stories as we've brought them up here just to share, and again, the, the whole intent is that it brings you hope because you might be experiencing some of the things, saying, think, same things that she's experienced, or you're going to hear something that she might say that says, you know what, I, I want to find that same type of freedom. And so uh, we asked uh, Victoria, uh, when we heard her story through Wounded, which she'll share with you, um, a group that, that, that we offer women right now. We're going to expand that out to men as well. But um, she um, found freedom. And so um, I, would you please just, uh, just share your story? We, we, when we heard her story, we wanted to uh, get this out. And I went to her and I said, hey, can we video you? And she said, I'd rather do it in person. I'm like, well, that's cool. Let's do it. Let's do it live then. So uh, I just want to thank you so much for coming, Victoria, and, and your story and how powerful it is, and uh, not just your story, but God's story. So, won't you share your story with us? Okay. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, and thank you for everyone gathered here. Let your word fall on us, Lord. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, hello, my name is Victoria. I've been attending Element for about a year. Uh, I came to Element because God woke me up one morning and said, it's time to go. <laughs> uh, I was, uh, I put myself in isolation, and I'm going to say I was in a, in a prison for 40 years, and it was right here. I dragged this body and everywhere it could go, trying to find peace, trying to find comfort, and nothing worked uh, until I went to Element. And there I heard a song, and it still resonates in my mind. It's, Your Love Never Fails. And I realized, you know, God loves me. And I said, how could you love me? If, uh, I know you know me. You see everything. And uh, I think about two services in, a beautiful testimony was shared from a woman in the congregation. And it was about wounded. And I knew it was for me. And thank you for sharing that story because it enabled me to come out of my shell. Um, I was addicted to hatred, rage, vengeance, everything. I was addicted to sexual immorality. And it all stemmed back to when I was a very young girl and I was sexually assaulted as a child. Um, growing up in a big family and not having anyone to talk to about it, and the offender themselves was a very close relative. Uh, my parents didn't know what was up with me, and I, I would never tell them. I was too ashamed. Um, so in steps, an alter ego, you have to protect yourself. You have to do damage where damage was done. Um, warrior-type spirit. Uh, it's very lonely. And yet I claimed that I knew God and I didn't know him because that's not God. So I went through Wounded and I found out through the exercises that we go through, I had a lot to be thankful for and to receive from God. And, and in one of the exercises... I, I learned that I was no better than my offender because of what I have done in my own actions. I wasn't any better because sin is sin against God. Who know, there's no um, scales. Degrees, yeah. Degrees, yes. I couldn't compare myself to someone else. Or, as a matter of fact, when I went into Wounded, I came out thinking I was going to justify my actions, and it was just totally opposite. And here I stand before God, and all I could do is just ask for mercy. And so he put it on my heart that the same way that I was asking for mercy, I had to give it out as well. So family reunions for me and get-togethers, I hated them. I didn't want to be a part of them. I couldn't wait for them to be over. I, if anyone was to figuratively speak, I was just fists were just full of stones and I just couldn't wait to throw them at someone in particular. And years had gone by, like this is over 40 years, so I had buried it so deep that I didn't even know why I was doing the things I did. And my family didn't know either until wounded and it, it just exposed it. And I had been to counseling numerous places 
And I, I was literally one step away from prison. If I was offended in a way and I, and I could, I would literally physically hurt someone if I could. Uh, but that all came to an end when I realized who, who Jesus was and what he'd done for me. And I can honestly say right now that <laughs> I can laugh about it. Um, I'm not that little girl anymore. My identity is not in what happened to me many years ago. My identity is in what Jesus did for us thousands of years ago on the cross. And before this uh, recent family reunion, I made it a point to contact this person because I felt God leading me. I wrote it down in a letter and I sent it out. And I said, God, it's in your hands. Three weeks later, me and this individual were together. We cried, we prayed, we forgave one another. And now our relationship is based on a solid foundation. And I know that nothing will come against it. And I would give my life for this person if I had to the same way that Christ gave it for me and for all of us. Uh, I don't have a grudge. And now I can go before God and just to say thank you, thank you, thank you every single day of my life because I was just so far away and he never gave up on me. That's my story. That's God's story. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> is Heather here? Is, is Heather here? I didn't see her okay. now. Heather Spiegel, if you guys were here and, and saw Heather's story we did by video, uh, that was the, the video that, and, and again, exactly what we're talking about. Uh, we share our stories, we're honest, we share our stories, we open up and we, we allow God to, it's God's story, and, and we allow God to do that, and look how Heather's, Heather, God using Heather's story has drastically changed your life. Thank you so much for sharing You're with welcome. us. Oh, one more thing. Yes, go right ahead. When I sent that letter out to my offender, I already had forgiven them. I didn't, I didn't care what the answer was going to be yeah. because the same way that God yeah. loves us, we, we, we were still sinners. Yeah. He died for us. Yep. So I didn't have to get a, uh, a confirmation. I forgave. It was forgiven. But it was such a blessing to see this person face to face and put my arms around them. That is such a power, it's such a powerful story uh, for me to think about how You can forgive and, it's and only move forward God. and trust. If, yeah. if I had done it on my own, it would never have happened. Yeah. It would have been a tragedy. It would, now it's, I see it as heaven, two more individuals, and hell minus two. You yeah. didn't get these two. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Satan, Satan would want nothing more than to keep you in bondage. Don't share your story. Don't, don't let anybody hear your story. Don't let anybody hear what happened to you. You're a victim. Woe is you. you know. And, and again, I'm not minimizing that. Don't hear me saying it like that. But Satan fills our minds with deception and fear and discouragement and disillusionment. And, and for some of us, what, you carried it, you said, for 40 years. And, and just living a life that is not the life that Jesus promised. Jesus said, if you trust me and abide in me, I, that you, will, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You've been set free. What an inspiration your story is for us. Thank you so much for sharing. And, and I pray that it's, I know that it's going to bring hope and, and bring God glory to someone here today, knowing that, 
they may be living in something like that too and knowing that there can be that freedom as well. So thank you so much again. Let's give her a warm applause. We're going uh, to close with one last song, but I'd like to lead us into a prayer uh, before we do that. And as I said before, I just pray that uh, our hearts would be open and tipped towards the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, you may be sitting in here this morning and um, your heart's racing. Your heart's racing. Because you know deep down you've got a wound and you begin to realize how deep that wound goes. And you're still bought into the fact, I can't tell anybody. I can't open up because I'll be rejected, I'll be judged, I'll be ostracized. And that is exactly what the enemy wants you to believe. He wants you to stay in your state of affliction. He wants you to stay in that state because that will do nothing. I mean, it, it just continues to demoralize you over and over again. You never really discover who you are in Jesus Christ. Victoria has discovered who she is, her identity in Jesus. Heather discovered that. Pat and Melissa discovered that. And the stories go on and on and on. Um, and you're going to be continuing to hear stories as, as people come and, and share with us. And it's so encouraging to hear how God is moving at, at Element and, and changing lives. That's why we're here. And so this morning, we're going to close with one last song. I pray you just open your hearts and your, um, uh, your, hearts and your spirit. May they be tipped towards him right now as we close with the song i pray that you would just use it to respond to him the way he wants you to respond to him um if you would like to come and pray we would love to surround you and just pray for you and lift you up whatever it is just respond the way the spirit wants you to respond so would you stand with me as i close with the word of prayer father we give you great thanks we come in here wanting to give you glory. We come in here wanting to exalt you. We want to come in here taking the attention off of ourselves and giving it to you. But in return, you just so exponentially bless us. We thank you that we can gather together and that we can, as we come and sing our praises and, and, and focus on you, God, that, that you always let us encounter you in a very intimate way, a very powerful way. Father, I pray right now as we continue, as we, as, we, um, ex as we just sing this last song, I pray that it would be very powerful. I pray that um, your spirit would find freedom in this room. I pray individuals that have wounds and that are broken and that are being held in bondage right now, that are still living in that the, uh, life of deception, God, that this might be uh, a day of freedom a day where they're going to be released from their cage and they're going to know the truth and it's going to set them free. I pray for those that are celebrating because they've experienced your truth and they've been set free. I pray for them, God, and I celebrate with them as well. I pray this time would just be, again, spent completely upon you. Overwhelm us with your presence as we have sang and, and we just pray that in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.